You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. What is going on? This is our first conversation since Thanksgiving, right? Grump, that may have been one of my worst weekends of football and sports I've had in a really long time. Um, About a month ago, we had a party, and uh, my wife made these cookies based on pictures of different points in my life, and... uh, this is one of the cookies. If you could see that on the screen, it's me, you know, head, head in hands, you, very frustrated. Pulled it closer. Your green screen is fucking. There you go. Can you see that? Yeah, there it is. That's me after some giant loss or gator loss. That's how I kind of feel after this weekend. After uh, the Giants losing to the Cowboys, my Gators losing to Florida State. They saw the Knicks lose last night. Lightning on their way of losing. You know, right now, only thing I have to hold my hat on is uh, USA beating Iran oh. tomorrow. I thought you were going to give me the devils there. I thought that was my uh, I'm not giving you the devils. That okay. might be yours. So I'll give you seven seconds to talk about them. Uh, go devils. 13 game go. winning streak and the Rangers are next. Anyway, going on. For more on that, check out the Just Devils podcast starring I'm, Grump. I'm sure there is one. but uh... Yes. All right. So yeah, rough. Uh... Rough way to spend Thanksgiving, you know, it was... Um... But this is why I didn't want this game to be on Thanksgiving. Because yeah. I, I know, for me, I was at my sister's house, whatever, so watching the game, I wasn't drunk. Uh, honestly, it was a pretty low-key Thanksgiving for me. I, you know, we come from a large family. Um, we always get together, whatever. But this was a fairly mm-hmm. small get-together this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a pretty quiet one. There wasn't a lot about a bunch of leftover food. All Giants fans in the house, I think, just about. I think so. Uh, um, yeah, I have I have some. Your brother-in-law way- is not. But yeah, yeah, I have some man. wayward ones that married out of Giants fans. <laughs> they were married in. They're not our blood. Relatives. Exactly. They they know who to cheer for when the right people are around. <laughs> but yeah, so it was ended very solemn, and I just kind of packed my shit and left when the game was over. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like uber pissed, ready to throw things, but it was just yeah. the reason I didn't want. I hate the Thanksgiving game for Giants is because if that were any other four thirty game, I've been sitting there. Real relaxed, eating candy and desserts by that time, watching the night game with fam. Uh, yeah, didn't do that. I went home. Yeah. Um, and that it sucks. But, you know, we predicted this game as 38-10, to 37-10, right? Those were our, both of our predictions. Yeah. yeah. This game ended 28-20. Now, I'm not going to hang my hat on any moral victory because there's only one win column and only one loss column in sports. So I could care less about a dead poet society moral victory um, you know, they all stand on their desks and they all captain my captain. It's a moral victory <laughs> because he gets fired anyway. Gotcha. Right. And the movie ends and Robin Williams yep. dead and laughter is too. So, um, 28, 20, but at the same time, we expected a lot. I really thought Dallas was just going to be throwing the ball at will. I mean, this is a team that put 40 up against the Vikings. This defense showed up enough to keep them under 30. In fact, it generated a two turnovers. They held them to a touchdown by the half. I mean, were that's they, were they winning at halftime? I think, right? 
We were up uh, 13-7 at halftime. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unthinkable for me prior to watching the game. But the I defense, mean, I, I, I don't want to harp on the defense yet. I think we'll get there. But the mm -hmm. defense causing two turnovers is huge mm -hmm. against an offense that they had no business really competing with given the injuries that they were dealing with on defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean— this team from day one has played for this coaching staff. And as the season's progressing, as the injuries are mounting, we are not questioning at all, you know, this team, the heart of this team. And they're, you know, still trying to compete. You know, it's just unfortunately, it really comes down to something as simple as this is a roster that before the season started, we didn't think was very good. That was out kicking its coverage for its performance. But. When injuries start to come in and that roster that wasn't very good and wasn't very deep gets depleted and depleted and critical spots are gone, you know, offensive line, secondary, you know, wide receiver, this is what's going to happen. You can play with all the heart in the world, but when you play against teams that have a lot of talent and are playoff teams, you can hang for a while, but after 60 minutes, it's, it's not going to happen. So... I want to talk about the offense first because um, mm -hmm. this is another game now where Barkley rushed 11 times for under 40 yards, under 50 yards, but 39 yeah. yards on 11 carries. This is a team that we've argued back and forth how much they lean on the run, how much they need to lean on the run, I guess, has been sort of the debate, and it's been a mild one because mm -hmm. I think we mostly agree. Mm -hmm. um, but this is now – what is this, like the third straight Barkley shit game? And if you count Houston as being like, if you if you take Houston out of the mix because of the amount of carries he got in that game, it goes back, I think, even further. So my thought process is, is Barkley perhaps not a between-the-tackles runner or is the workload hitting him? Or is I mean, he possibly we know, hurt? We, we know his shoulder is hurt. We know yeah. that already. He said that, and I think that that has definitely played into – how much he's able to sustain contact for. Maybe. I just think the eye test, you know, he's not as bouncy and as springy as he was too, it appears. It looks a little more workmanlike than, than explosive. I've noticed in these last couple of games too. I mean, that was one of my keys to the game was get the ball in your two best playmakers' hands as much as you can. Um, he had six targets in the passing game. He caught four uh, you know, of them, but he only it, got 13 yards. Exactly. That's, you know, okay, step one is to try to get him the ball, but once he has the ball, he has to do something. Well, step one and a half is when the ball is thrown to you, even if it's not a good throw, catch the ball. Are you <laughs> talking about the fourth and one play? I am. I am. Uh, do you, but, do you, oh, I, I'm just curious because I, I did see there was a debate over whether over whose fault that was. Uh, do you have an opinion on that? To, to me, that's a bad throw and a bad catch. It's both. Yeah, it's okay. a, a both. I mean, you know something? It was a bad throw, but one that should be caught, especially from a guy like Barkley. You have two guys who are both fighting for contracts. One of them should make a play there. Neither yeah, I would did. think so. And, and that's kind of almost like a bigger point for me for the game was that when you aren't as good as the other team, and I'm sorry, Giant fans, Dallas is better than us right now, especially the way the roster is constructed with injuries, but – when you're playing a team that's better than you, you have to make plays at critical times. You have to make that. You have to catch that ball. Um, we're going to talk about special teams later. You have to down a punt within the five-yard line if you have the opportunity to do so. You have to do better than 
third and 11 on third down. You have to make stops. And we just couldn't make those plays at the critical times. And you're giving Dallas extra opportunities. And they're going to capitalize at some point. So just you, you play them as hard as you can, but you have to make the plays from the opportunity and stuff. And we just couldn't quite do that. So do you think that's it? It was just kind of the way the ball fell for them? Kind of. I mean, again, you know, the, the big number was on third down. You know, Dallas was 7-11. We were 3-11. That's not just the way the ball bounces. But I think there's little things. You know, Barkley catches that fourth down pass. You know, drive extended. Potential for more points. You know, you you down a ball on the five-yard line instead of the ball getting starting on the 20-yard line. You're kind of changing the possession a little bit. Um I wouldn't say it was the only reason why we lost, but, you know, we you know the help you can get. We didn't get that help. So I think it's interesting. I'm wondering if there's a change in the way Barkley is being viewed or deployed, or maybe this was the plan all along. But we saw in, like, the late third quarter there was some cool play design where we started seeing Barkley viewed as more than just a running back, which has kind of been my argument all, all along. I don't really even view Barkley as much of a running back so much as I view him as, like, a weapon. Um, you know, to me, like, Derrick Henry is your traditional mm-hmm. running back workhorse where, you know, these games where we're just giving the ball to Barkley 35 times to get him to just run and wear down a team, that's not a Barkley not game him. to me. It yeah, I, I don't understand that. That's, yeah. a, that's a Derrick Henry thing. Right. Barkley is more McCaffrey. Barkley is get him in space, so that means line him up everywhere. And in late third quarter, we started seeing Brightwell and Brita in the backfield, and I thought Barkley, and I think I even texted you, I thought he was benched because he certainly it was after the fourth and one play uh, in the third quarter that suddenly I wasn't seeing him. Um, now, remember, this is Thanksgiving, so the volume, there's people talking, <laughs> so I didn't hear that right. the answers literally told me this. Um, but he was lined up as a slot receiver on a bunch of those plays. They were moving him around the formation, and you know they were giving Brightwell the north and south runs, which I think he's more of that. Ba- he's not. We're not talking similar talent here, but just skill set. That's Brightwell, north and south. He's not a big dance guy. He's a one cut and just go north and south and hit people. Um, well, my problem with that was was like he was almost being used as a decoy, but then they weren't using him at all. <laughs> so that was my kind of problem. It's like you're, we're not going to win this game with Brightwell running the ball. I mean, it's true. Nice I mean, they were looking. It looked to me that they were looking for chunk plays on there. Where yeah. if Barkley's the decoy, Brightwell can break off a twenty-yard play or something like that, and then you know they'll do something else. It didn't quite work that way, but we saw some success. I think he had a thirteen-yard run or something like that. Yeah, uh, his uh, his yards per carry was better than uh, than Barkley. That's for sure. Yeah, but I think he only had something like four carries. I know, but still. I I also think, too, you know, as the season goes on and on and on, there's more and more tape on this film, too. And you start to understand tendencies and everything as well. So it's not just, you know, the the first four or five weeks of the season, I think we had a little bit of a, you know, a schematic advantage, maybe. I hate to use that term, but like, oh, this is something different. This is a new coaching staff deploying players, you know, in a different way than they were before. Um and also, we had a short week. You know, this was a, you know, we played on Sunday, off day Monday, you know, maybe a day of film on Tuesday, a walkthrough Wednesday, and Thursday's the game. So, you know, that coaching advantage or what, you know, time to install something, your time is compressed so much, you can't really be maybe as creative as you want to be against a team like Dallas. So that's 
that's a bigger reason why it was unfortunate we played Dallas on Thanksgiving. You know, it sucks it ruined our meal, but it sucks we didn't get a chance to properly prepare. Now, I get it. Dallas had the same disadvantage as well. But it's, but but it's different. Dallas, they have more talent than we do. Well, it's not even that. We had more players ready to come off from injury. So we, we already heard that Daniel Bellinger, Evan Neal, these guys are practicing. Aziz Ojolari, these guys mm-hmm. are practicing. Ben Bredesen. All of these guys, there was a significant chance that they could have played if the game were on Sunday. It wasn't. Dallas didn't have the same issue. In fact, this is the second time we played Dallas, and this is the second time there were significant players on the injury report that that not only played but looked like they weren't even hurt. Yeah. Micah Parsons still looked just as explosive as he always did. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm wondering— why do, we have how, a, why do we have an injury report if it doesn't mean anything? Well, I'm, I'm sure it means something, but it, I think you can make well, any the player of questionable at any time. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys go through bumps and bruises— and if you have a player you're positive doesn't really need the week of practice, you could absolutely questionable him the whole way through, make him a game time decision. But you knew all along he was going to play, and so did he. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I wonder about shit like that. But that's sort of sour grapesy talking. Um, but um, so let's talk about Jones then, since we've already talked Barkley, mm-hmm. um, which. I didn't think Barkley had a particularly bad game. There wasn't something I could really point to and be like, that was terrible. Um, He just wasn't super effective. They were keying in on it, and he wasn't able to do anything special. Jones went 21 of 35 for 228 yards, a touchdown. He got sacked three times. He also had three rushes for 15 or so yards. How did you feel about Jones' performance in this game? I mean, I, I I thought it was fine. Again, I would like to see him, you know, tuck and run a little more. I mean, he only had three carries. I would like to see maybe six to eight, you know, to p- p- potential maybe for moving change or maybe breaking a 30-yard, 20, 30-yard run or so. Um, but, I mean, you know, again, we, we already debated whose fault it was, that fourth down play. It wasn't, you know, was not a, a well-thrown ball at all for sure. But I, I think, you know, Again, I hate to fall back on this, but based on the offensive line he's working behind right now, based on the you know limited amount of receivers we have right now, I think he's doing as as good as we can hope for for a guy like him. I definitely didn't watch that game and go, oh, you know, if we had Dak, this game would be different. Well, so here's the thing that's interesting. <laughs> um, I felt that he was fine. I felt that yeah. he was neither anything special that elevated us, although he did have some good throws. Um, the bomb to Slayton immediately comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had some tight window ones over the middle that I thought were pretty impressive. Uh, a, a really good throw to Richie James at one point. I don't remember when, but he looked like your average NFL quarterback in this game, mm-hmm. which against the number one defense in the NFL, I can't really say anything bad about that, especially when he has a <laughs> working with Nick Gates at center, who's very closely removed from injury and has not practiced all year right um i mean left guard was a mishmash of jack anderson (laughs) and somebody else who the hell was it i don't remember doesn't have his right tackle back yet doesn't have his right tackle back yet um and the right guard stinks Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he's he's dealing with absolute trash in front of him and you know, to their credit it was not a complete sieve on every play either so Mm -hmm. while i'm saying this I think we can agree the offensive line is still playing better than last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feared for these quarterbacks' lives last year. It was that bad. I mean, I feared for Jones's life in this game going into it. During the game, I felt okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and quite frankly, Jones navigated the pocket pretty well in yeah. this game. It's something that I've been monitoring throughout the year, something that I don't think he's had a chance to work on the whole time he's been here because he's just been straight up running for his life. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk about Nick Gates, though. Uh, Might have been... I, I mean, Andrew Thomas had the harder task, but I think Nick Gates technically grades out better. I think he gave up less. Um, that's incredible. And also, I actually, ha- I actually had a star for him. Yeah, do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah I did too. I just think, again, like you you said it pretty well a little while ago. He's very recently removed from not playing for a year and a half. And all of a sudden, you know, we're we're starting him now. And he just popped right in there and learned the yeah. playbook. He was also we playing guard like, at one point. Oh, like, maybe we'll play a player too. Oh, they had him, you know, tackle eligible or, or whatever for a couple of plays last week, and all of a sudden, now he's starting. And you know, it's going to take a while for him to get back to full form, you know, and also, you know, get that cohesiveness with the rest of the offensive line. But I, I thought he played for what the, the task was for him. I, I, I was very pleased. I, I know that this like goes under the category of like intangible and therefore like a pseudoscience or whatever, but I just like what Nick Gates brings from an attitude perspective to the offensive line. Sure. The way he's chippy, the way he blocks to like the echo of the whistle, the way he always manages to get star players to be throwing punches at him. I mean, yeah. straight up, well, not that it matters, it. but Micah Parsons should have been ejected for that. It does matter because his perception – of being gritty and borderline, you know, edgy, dirty. That's good. You want that to be in the head of the other team. Also, it's football is psychological as much as it is physical and that they know they have to deal with a real, you know, road dog out there. Who's, you know, going play for a in, war for play minutes. out, giving you shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that we've seen it. Uh, well, I, I was, gonna, I was going to say something, but that would have been stupid. I was going to say, hey, I don't know that we've seen a whole lot of Aaron Donald getting mad, but then I remembered him wielding two helmets in the preseason. Well, besides that, I mean, we never yeah. saw OJ do anything besides kill two people. So it's okay. <laughs> we never quite saw that. Right. Um, I do want to talk about Andrew Thomas, though, because I gave him a star anyway. He had the toughest task he's probably going to have all year. Um, and he gave up two sacks, which, by the way, I feel like this is a lot of me sour sour grapesing, but I don't mean to be. I was like, I don't remember him giving up two sacks. So when I rewatched the game, I was looking at it. Why does Micah Parsons get a full sack credit for the first one? He mm. does. He he touches Daniel Jones. Jones is running towards the line of scrimmage, is going to cross it when another defender tackles him, and it's not a half sack. I mean, that's not a sack. That it it's a half sack. It's clear that Jones wouldn't have been sacked if it weren't for Parsons, but also if it weren't for the other guy, he would have passed the line of scrimmage, wouldn't even been a tackle for loss. So I don't know how in the world Parsons gets two sacks credited for that, but he does. doesn't matter. The point is he gave up. That's not not a left tackle fail. No, and it's not. And the other one – the other one happened so late in the game, it was clear that we were just throwing the ball at that point. That makes that job so much harder for him. Mm -hmm. And he kind of just sort of didn't get enough depth – when he pushed him to get him behind Jones. So he almost just pushed him directly into Jones. It was just, you know what? Left tackles give up sacks, man. Especially against the best guys in the league, which Micah Parsons is that guy. He is yeah. probably the best pass rusher Sometimes in the you have to give credit to the other team because maybe they're doing something right. I mean, 
I don't know why Micah Parsons demands respect all the time. You said this at one point to somebody where he's just always crying for respect as if he doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I love guys like that. He's like demanding respect. It's like we've been sucking you off since you the, the second we didn't draft you, the, the rest of the league. Yeah, but it's not even – yeah. I don't but know. But now, now you demand respect. It's like, you know, relax. Um, so, yeah, I gave a star to Andrew Thomas anyway because – had one or two things gone right that he would have given up maybe half a sack in this game. So, yeah. I don't really have a ton of other notes on the offense. Um, Darius Slayton came up big in in some moments and then others, you know, he was only three of six. I I think my biggest thing is that this team is missing Daniel Bellinger really badly. Yeah. Well, I think this offense is based around having a tight end who does things. I mean, that's very important. Yeah, it's based around getting that short, intermediate, and deep mm-hmm. uh, asset. Different and, levels. Yeah, and when when the short and intermediate level guys are the same guys every time, it's just Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. It just it, it and it, and Lawrence Cager or wh- whoever, whatever his mm-hmm. first name is, Lucas Lawrence. Um, Lawrence. Yeah, it, it's just it it makes the offense barely function, and we see a lot yeah. of the hokey bullshit that we have to run to make things work. But that speaks to the talent that does exist, right? I mean, like, your hokey bullshit, you wouldn't be winning this often on coaching alone. That's, that's that's a really, really good point because all of a sudden it's like, what, now all of a sudden they forgot how to coach? If you're going to give all the credit to just coaching, you know, it, it, when they lose, you can't say, well, they forgot to coach or now they're not coaching. It's talent wins games. And I always argue this with everybody. You could always tell when you get in an argument with somebody where they're so quick to blame the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator for everything that goes wrong. They never they're never the ones to give credit for God, another great play call. Great job calling that blitz right there. No, no, no. It's always, man, that quarterback's a badass. What a great receiver. But as soon right. as something goes wrong, oh, it's the coordinator's fault. That's not that's not the case. Players, I've said this a billion, billion times. My friends on text groups are sick of hearing it. Twitter's sick of hearing it. Players play. That's how games are ultimately won or lost. But I do have a coaching question for you. Well, hang on. I have one last note on the offense. Mm -hmm. And it's – I'm only saying this because I've been bitching about it pretty hard. They had a decent drive before the half ended. Mm -hmm. It ended in points. It was a 47-yard field goal, so they didn't get that close. But they didn't get that far either. That's pretty good. Um they did have an interception that was called back for penalty. It was the other side of the field, so whatever. There was also a false start on Jack Anderson. Um they took too long to snap the ball as well. But there were there were good completions along the way. There was a smart job on this on the spike. They had an inside handoff about to end the half to Barkley for about six yards. Gates was running right behind him. As soon as Barkley went down, he grabbed the ball and gave it to the official so that they I mean it was very very, very meticulous the way that they did that. It was a very well-coached drive, I thought, and it ended in points, and I've been bitching about how bad they've been before the end of the game and before the end of the half, and they, they put away points. So there you go. For nobody cares other than me. The Lightning the, just scored. The Lightning just scored twice <laughs> in a minute and a half to tie it with Buffalo. So Nice. So you can <laughs> – back to us. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I mean – there were, there were some good completions along the way to Slayton and to Hudson. It was a mm-hmm. well-executed drive by Jones. He did have the pick, like I said. Uh, so it was not perfect. This was not perfect, but it's commendable. How, who do you blame? 
on that fourth down play. Let's go back to that for a second, the one that um, Barkley dropped. We only had 10 men on the field for that play. I blame everybody. Okay. First of all, first of all, that's Jones in the huddle. And I understand that they – That's where I was trying to get to, but keep going. Um, it's also fourth down. So this better be the fucking play, which mm-hmm. means Brian Dable, you should be absolutely sure of how many men are on the field. Mike Kafka's in the fucking booth. He has no excuse. Right. He has no excuse. Now, I don't know if they noticed and they didn't want to use the time. I, I couldn't imagine running a fourth down play and not wanting to use a timeout. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Come I, on. I, I, don't, I don't know. Dude, I have no idea. I blame everyone. I blame the three main people involved, which are Jones, Kafka, Dable, and then the fourth is whoever was supposed to be there. Also, would you have gone for it on that particular spot? Yeah, yeah, I would have gone for it because it was clear at that point the momentum was starting to shift and it had to do, I felt, with lethargy, not lethargy, but just exhaustion. I it think was, they, it, we were just tired on both sides of the ball. They had just scored. It was 14-13. It was four minutes, 11 seconds left in the in the quarter. It was fourth and one on our own forty-five-yard line. I think I, I know you're you're a little bit more well. conservative than me, but I think at that point the defense, I I was I was worried about the defense being gassed, and I was worried about the offense having no momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and remember, this is an away game, in a very big momentum heavy. It's a dome, so an away crowd getting amped up, which they were. I mean, nothing. You know me at Giants games. Every yes. third down, I am standing up whether the crowd is or not, and I am pounding the seats in front of me to make noise while the play clock is winding down. Every third down. Nothing really takes the energy out of me other than always converting third downs. Every mm-hmm. time I fucking stand up and I have to sit back down, I go I it's just deflating because it's you know, whatever. It just is. And I am I I've, I've been to that stadium. I'm mm-hmm. twice the fan as those people there. <laughs> I've been there. It's kind of a scenester place. Like if you are part I of. I think it's just college football reigns supreme down there. I think if you took the. Because there's a lot of A&M and Texas talk when you're there. Yeah. You know, in the and also a lot of shit. Dallas fans are not from Dallas. So you might have some that are making the pilgrimage. And oh, they're more like I'm visiting. They're Epcot. fucking. They're taking pictures of the, the. Yeah. They don't. They're not paying attention to shit. They're, there's they, also. I was at the Giant game. It was opening day uh, about 10 years ago, maybe. And there were a lot of Giant fans there. A lot. Yeah, but you're talking opening day, and you're also talking uh, you're talking way back when that stadium first opened, right? Well, that was a couple of years in. It wasn't year one okay. or year two. It was like maybe four or five years in. I think mine was 2019. Mm-hmm. So fairly recent, as recent as I can get, really. But Yeah. I don't know. In general, I would have went for it there more so than other times. I do get your point. Uh, but I yeah. think at that time, sucking the air out of the stadium would have helped. Keeping their offense off the field when they were starting to jive a little bit I think was important. Um, and also to just, retali- just just strike back. They were nearly at midfield. So Did you like the play call? Yes. In fact, if they if he makes that throw, even with 10 guys in the field, that could have been a touchdown. I agree. I, I, the play I call really was like fantastic because I see that a lot. That play call on fourth, where everyone's like, "Oh, just you know, up the middle for a half a yard, it should be no problem." No, it's very difficult to do. No, and it's, they like ran that. essentially the same play for a touchdown to Richie. Uh, no, it wasn't a touchdown. I think it was a first down conversion. But they run it all the time in the red zone. That's right. Wandale's big play. I mean, that quick twitch. 
if you're only needing a yard or something like that, it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to defend. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And especially to a guy like Barkley, who should be, you know, he's the best player on the field, supposedly. So I, I, I like the, I like the play call. I honestly, could have gone either way with that. I was like, at first, I was like, ooh, I don't know. Momentum is not in our favor for this, but, you know, we didn't lose the game because of that one play. I want to. You mentioned special teams, and you mentioned particularly um, a couple of punts that we were unable to convert. Now, Jamie Gillen has, to my ire, been a recent, like, boogeyman (laughs) on Giants Twitter. Uh, And I'm not going to defend the way he's played because he's been shoddy. But, like, to even bring up the punter who, as being potentially... Some submarine for this team, the torpedo that sinks us, stop it. is yeah. is just that is. I agree that he's not the greatest punter. We could stand to upgrade, whatever. He's not even in the top ten of reasons that some games were lost. And here he was. Yeah, he pinned two inside the five that the Gunners were unable to convert. Well, and, and it was a clear failure by the other special teams members. Yep, um, I have. I, I will be surprised if I see people coming to Jamie Gillen's defense in this game. I have a fart for special teams coverage. I guarantee you, by the way, this game will be included in the averages for his average punt total at the end of the year, where people will bitch about how it's not big enough because of all the touchbacks. I guarantee you, these two touchbacks will count, and we won't talk about how the Gunners failed him. Agreed. So I, I want to put that out there. I'm not going to give him a star or anything like that because no, he, no, but. but no. You know, for a guy who was getting a ton I give, of shit. You know what I give him? I give him a mercy flush is what I give him. Like, <laughs> it wasn't quite flush. his fault, but I'm also going to, like, save him a little bit. So you know, I'll flush before it stinks. It's a courtesy flush. It's a courtesy flush, yeah. Um, did you have – I'm sorry. Did you have more on special teams? No, I, was, I think that that was my point. And uh, we can you know, just get on to defense. Um, defense, I did give a start of Rodarius Williams. Me First too. Of all, we're talking about – um, a team that is without its one, two, three corners. Mm-hmm. So that's Adoree Jackson, Fabian Moreau, and Aaron Robinson. All of and if you want to be honest, <laughs> James Bradbury too. <laughs> exactly right. When you yeah. when you think about roster construction, mm-hmm. uh, was certainly in consideration. Yep. Uh, when this roster was constructed, uh, right. So playing without that, you have a mixture of Nick McLeod. Um, Rodarius Williams and Darnay Holmes playing some outside snaps here, which is mm-hmm. just brutality. Right. Um, I feel this like is a mass missing... unit. It's a patchwork. We just have to get through this season. Is basically what this is. Um, Rodarius Williams is a guy that is actually made very well for this system. I know he's a late round pick. I was certainly not very high on him. Um, but at the time, we were running Patrick Graham's defense, so I didn't really get it. I guess he wanted to mm-hmm. be more of a man cover guy. But uh, I was surprised at how quickly Graham played him last year. He got hurt. Uh, we saw him practicing, but he just never quite made it back, which is fine because, you know, it is it is what it is. It's an ACL and right. whatever. He looked like the best option out there for covering mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb. And I'm not going to take anything away from him but that throw on that pick was i know one of the reasons why you're not a big Dak guy that thing was in hung in the air but like for six seconds it like looped in but he just he he made the play but 
That was an awful throw. It was an awful throw, but it, it was uh, well. Greg Olson had a theory that that was a th- that was a perceived free play. I think he thought that somebody had jumped, and so we just saw receivers running go routes. Um, and Rodarius Williams just completely baited him into it. He just stayed off, and then as soon as he saw Dak look that way, he broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just took, I mean, it was it was not even a contested. He was on that immediately, uh, and that's like a veteran move. Yeah. Um, Rodarius Williams, I think, if he were healthy, probably would have been splitting reps with Fabian Moreau. We may not have even signed Fabian Moreau. It could be. Um, and that, that's just my opinion. I think that that's what it would have been like. Um, but to be to be just so recently back from injury and immediately the best option to cover one of the best wide receivers in the game is, is pretty uh, impressive. Yeah. And indicative of our state of affairs. Oh, yeah. If, yeah. if, if you want to keep it with the corners here, not having corners was, was brutal for this game. Dak was mm-hmm. playing in kind of a fuck it mode at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants weren't able to get any sacks, but they were certainly getting pressure. They were certainly getting quarterback hits. Kayvon Thibodeau especially. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I didn't give him a star because he didn't actually get home on any of the plays. But was the best defensive lineman that we had in this game, uh, certainly against the pass. Yeah, I was um, listening to uh, Patty Trainer's podcast today, and I normally don't listen to other shows until we do ours. But she was just like beyond frustrated. Like, guys, you got to step up and get the quarterback. And to me, it's just like. You put pressure consistently, and you hit the quarterback. The sack isn't as critical as, you know, the stink she was putting up for this. Well, it's also the sack isn't worth this. The sack is half the game. If you get a sack, that's awesome. If you, what you hope to accomplish with generating consistent pressure is a flustered quarterback. You're not trying to get a hundred percent of sacks. Exactly. You're trying to hit him enough to get him to misfire. And that was actually happening in this game. Dak was in fuck it mode for a, a portion of this game. And what I mean by that is he was just chucking to spots because mm-hmm. he was under pressure. It fucking worked because we had guys like Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott, Nick McLeod, these guys who should not be covering outside receivers at this point in their careers or whatever, like Cordell Flott's case. Um, covering CeeDee Lamb. Right, exactly. So <laughs> CeeDee Lamb was either open or he was getting held. So you right. were either getting the penalty in the first down on five yards or you were getting a completion. Or in other cases, interceptions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the pressure was working. And if we had – so I, I said this during the game – or maybe immediately after the game, that not having a Dory Jackson was absolutely the number one reason the Giants were struggling on defense in this game. The number one reason. And it doesn't matter if they were targeting Nick McLeod or the third wide receiver in the progression. None of that matters. Having a Dory Jackson lock down a corner, a, a wide receiver one-on-one allows for so many other different coverage possibilities on the other guys i know michael gallup was killing nick mcleod in one-on-one coverage nick mcleod wouldn't be in one-on-one coverage with him right. if adore jackson were here there'd be safety help there'd be underneath help we, yeah we, also shift the you know who's covering who also if your number one guy is already covering someone yeah. absolutely Move and not to mention spot yeah so much of wink's defense is about having a, a bunch of guys near the line of scrimmage and disguised coverages mm-hmm. you can't disguise the same way when you have backups playing they're not as familiar. They haven't right. had the reps in practice. I mean, we talk about this with quarterbacks all the time about, 
you know, how Daniel Jones was thrown in there with no in his his first ever start, he pretty much had a week of practice. He didn't get any of the preseason reps. And we talked for a long time about how big, big of a deal that is. It's a huge deal. The same works on the other side when you have a complicated defense there. That defense was, uh, without actually knowing, I would wager was dumbed down from what Wink Martindale wanted to call. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, the old bugaboo of not being able to cover a tight end because Dalton Schultz killed us also. Well, this team has bad linebackers. Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying that's, you know— uh, re- that's a separate issue. I was, you know, because they're saying, you know, not having, um, what's his name was a, a major factor, but, you know, that still wouldn't have prevented Dalton Schultz running around, running crazy, you know, and, and right. You're right. doing his damage in the red zone and everything. But I think it might have, because again, all of this comes back to flustering the quarterback. And if the mm-hmm. quarterback is not able to sit there and really diagnose, first of all, what's happening pre and post snap, but also what's going on in, in a moment where things are coming right at him, he's not looking for – he's looking for his number one guy. And that love pick was a total I know where Lamb is kind of just bomb that Darnay Holmes defended and love picked off. Mm-hmm. I mean that was, that was pressure working. Um Pressure does not have to equal sacks. It can equal any number of things. It could just be an incomplete pass. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we were 7 for 11 defensively on third down. They were bad. Yeah. They were, they were horrible. Yeah. Um, and that it, led to time of possession, and that led to you know also the defenses wearing down in the, in the third, fourth quarter. Um, against the run, I think we saw— I think we saw the lack of Xavier McKinney a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean him necess- – I, I think just Julian Love is very good at keeping the edge. I think Adoree Jackson is very good at keeping the edge. Um, O'Shane Zimenez is real bad at it. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's- they, overall, though, it wasn't terrible. I mean, they ran a, a lot of attempts, but they had the exact same yards per rush as we did. We were both 4.3 yards a carry. I, I agree. I, so against the run, I thought they did a pretty decent job, mm-hmm. shut it, keeping everything fairly shut down. Pollard had sixty yards on eighteen carries. Eighteen carries. I mean, that's that's not so bad. Uh, a a mm-hmm. lot of the biggest issues in the run game were fairly early on. They were Ezekiel Elliott, but it wasn't really. It was. There were a lot of missed tackles in this game. Yeah. Um, Jason Pinnock especially, but that was more on the tight ends. But it was a lot of when things were clogged up, Zeke was bouncing it outside and contain was lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of that shit. Um, it really was not Zeke just right up the middle getting four or five yards of carry. Um, I mean, they had 26 first downs. They had 39, 34 minutes of time possession, so... Again, that goes back to that that number, that third down number, just extending drives, you know, shortening the game. Yeah, and, and I already I already sort of mentioned this, but I, I giving a fart to Jason Pinnock um, should not be playing in this game uh, at the level he had to is yeah. what it is. He's a pretty talented free safety, especially for what we paid him. Uh, which is not much, but he's a he's a garbage tackler in the open field. All kinds of too weak, poor body angles, so that he's only kind of tackling with half a shoulder. Two attempts to tackle Schultz were garbage. One went for a first down, the other went for a touchdown. He also got hurdle, hurdled by Jake Ferguson. Yeah, he, it was a. You don't want to be a poster that way. That was yeah. That was a that was a game to forget for Pinnock. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I'm not giving him a fart because it's Jason Pennock. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, if it weren't so crying out loud bad, I probably wouldn't have. But <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. Overall, though, I know I know that there, <laughs> there was a really brilliant tweet that was something like if if you felt that because we only lost by eight points, you're part of the problem or whatever. Um, or you are the problem. It's it's my fault we lost, guys. Yeah, I but, but in all honesty, it's the roster construction more than some random Twitter. Um, yeah, I, being that I had zero input on this game, I would say that uh, I was not the problem. But mm. but overall, this game went a lot better than I thought. There was no turnovers for the Giants, right? Other than yep. a turnover on That's downs. That's a positive. That is yeah. a huge positive. That's mm-hmm. a huge. That is a massive positive when you consider the injuries on the offensive line. The nonstop media narrative still about Daniel Jones' turnover problem. Yeah. Were, and, and the fact that there's dog shit at wide receiver right now. There's even less at tight end. I mean, this is the game where turnovers happen just because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, well, this game is going to go poorly. No. And then when we have our main cornerbacks out, we generated two interceptions. That's just yeah. them playing well. That is them playing well. They were plus two in turnover differential against arguably the best offense and the best defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, those are those are good things. But again, at the end of the day, they were still four for four in the, in the red zone. They still had 430 yards. So let me ask you this. If we had not a fully healthy roster, but let's just say the guys that we expect to come back, Evan Neal, Daniel Bellinger, Ben Bredesen, Aziz Ojolari. Mm-hmm. Do you feel better? I mean, obviously, I think. Feel <laughs> no, I think we'd be worse. Yeah. No, but but okay. Do you feel like that game would have come down to the wire? Because let's 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 say it out loud. The last touchdown the Giants scored was absolute garbage time. Agreed. Yeah. So, do you think that game would have actually been down to the wire had those three guys been available? Uh, I don't know about down to the wire, but definitely a closer game. I mean, the spread's not ten. The perception is that this is going to be a blowout. I, I definitely think it's a it's a close game. It's a close game. I, I still think Dallas, if even if where our roster is healthy, is probably still a better roster. Um, I'd they'd still be favored. I'd still think they would win, but like by a field goal maybe. I, yeah. I mean, consider that. First of all, without their corners, which I didn't – without their corners, the Giants held them to under 30 points in this game. Right. That is that is pretty huge. Uh, yeah. they, they did miss a field goal, but um, whatever. I mean, you if know, I was – If you add in an edge rusher like Aziz Ojolari and Fabian Moreau at corner, which I don't know how seriously injured he is, but it's an oblique injury, so I, I don't even know what to guess, but – you add in those two things alone, and I think that that one comes down to the wire. You add in the offensive things, I think the Giants could easily win that game. Not easily. The Giants could easy they, they could to imagine won. the Giants yeah. winning that game. It is they easy to imagine it, yeah. I could, yeah, I, I could see a world where we're completely healthy and they're completely healthy. We win. I would, you know, if you put a gun to my head, still think Dallas would win, but I definitely think it'd be – I would go into that game thinking I have a good chance. I'd be a lot more upset after the game if we lost it than I was Agreed. Night. I, I would have been a lot more excited for the game showing up at Thanksgiving than I would be for the food. Where yes. I was kind of 50-50. For sure. For sure. Um, Again, but also, you know, what does Mike McCarthy do knowing that we have a better, you know, 
secondary and, and more of a pass rush? Is he going to lean more on the running game where we are not a very good run defense? We, we don't know. It's how would you adjust based upon what you have? Well, I mean, okay, let's look at it this way. If you are a Cowboys fan, how do you feel after this game? We are on to whoever no, no, we're playing no, no. next I, week. I, okay. Okay, yeah. so, so you're you are not in gloat mode, really. I mean, you are because it's a division team, but you yeah, are not. Yeah, not, I'd be like, yeah, we beat you now, what, 10 in a row or something ridiculous? It's all right, like, all right. Let me rephrase. You're a Cowboys fan. It's the top of the fourth quarter. You have the lead, but you only just got it. In this game on third, this past Thursday's game? Yes. Game's over. They're not coming back. So you've... That's not really my point. Yeah, my I don't point know where is, you're going you, with this. My point is, how do you feel about the game being that close? As a Cowboys fan, as a it's Cowboys the fourth fan, quarter, you just got the lead. As a Cowboys fan, as a, as a, I tried to be an educated NFL fan who watches a lot of football and just sees how this league is. I don't think you can put anything for granted that any game should be a blowout or a comfortable win. I think it's that's true. The, I, I think play, I, I think your recent years of bad Giants fandom. Uh, bad Giants years have made you a little bit more tempered, though. Yeah, that's true, too. But, I mean, just look around the league, and you, you see these games. It's like, you know, do you think Minnesota thought the week when they played Dallas they'd get their asses handed to them? No. I mean, it just is so much of that around. Um, and also, remember, division teams know each other pretty well. You know, they play each other twice a year. This is a different coaching staff for the Giants, but, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know pers- how much that really – the personnel kind of knows each other. I mean, you know, just because, uh, you know, it's a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator, Andrew Thomas still knows who he's lining up against. He knows tendencies because he sees, you know, who he's going facing across the line twice a year anyway. So it's a little – it's not like we're playing San Diego, who we never face. So a little more familiarity makes it a little tighter anyway between division teams. Hey, hey, and also the Giants were – Seven and three going into that game. They're I, banked up, but you know if I'm. A I understand fan, that you're you're giving a real answer, and I, I feel like it's not true. I think in the moment, emotional cranky fan would have been like livid in the second corner if they were losing. If 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 a more heavily if team favorite. Oh, by in the 10 second points, quarter, I've been I'd have been pissed off because yeah. of the, you know the, the the turnovers and you know like. But if we were having if we had to have a Cowboys podcast conversation we would talk glowingly about this that and the other thing but we would be like i don't know what dak was doing you know those two picks you can't happen we almost lost this game you know you know especially me especially me i was pissed off about the houston game could you imagine you just beat me to it i was gonna say pretty much the exact conversation we had after the houston game where you were like i don't understand this i don't understand this and i was like well it wasn't we weren't about to lose, but you know, we just kind of want it and move on. I, I see, but that's where I think that that's where our conversation six think, years ago that would not have been an acceptable cranky fan thing. Like, ah, well, you know, we. I think in the stands six years ago, you would have been like, "What the fuck are we doing? Why is this team hanging around?" This is the, I mean, you would have been maybe not yeah, as I, mad as I, me, I, but I, I think you would have kind of seen where I, I was don't coming think from. Either more. team is is good, is good enough to be like I'm expecting to win these games in blowout fashion and what's going on sure but then again put yourself as a cowboys fan was that a blowout game for them should have been it should have been should have been yes and it was not they pulled away 
What do you I, think I don't think the game Dallas? was as close as the score. Dude, we've had this. I I, I, I am, mean now I, though, but now you know they've had a they they just they blew out Minnesota. We've seen them with our own eyes in this game. You know, where do you put them right right now with Philly? I don't think I, I don't know, man. Philly again. I, I said this. We predict we did our around the division. I thought Philly was going to lose. They damn near did to Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers at the end too. Yeah, but you know something? I am scared shitless of playing Philly because— Oh, so am I. Hurts, Hurts is a guy that will absolutely light us up with his legs and, and throwing. And I, I, I disagree am, with that. You do? Absolutely. Lamar Jackson didn't. I think Wink Martindale can key in on what Jalen— So, first of all, they, they were saying this all night during the game. Collinsworth was saying it. It's like, you, I just don't understand. You can't let Jalen Hurts run. They were just inviting it. Yeah, I, I cannot see Wink Martindale doing that. He absolutely, and I said this, you know, the the run game stats against Baltimore were absolute garbage. It's because we he didn't care about the running backs running. He would not let Lamar Jackson beat him. Mm-hmm. They, every every eleven members of the starting defense can chase down a running back. Only but about don't you, three don't you think can that chase Philly's down. Philly's got Lamar more Jackson. just more overall talent offense than Baltimore does. It doesn't have to be necessarily the Lamar Jackson show. Um, yeah, but it's, I still, I, I still think that they would take away one or the, I don't think he would run and throw all over us. It would be one or the other that we mm-hmm. fuck up. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it comes down to exactly what Collinsworth said too. It's just like, I am much more afraid of 11 guys trying to chase down Jalen Hurts than I am of, you know, seven guys back deep defending him throwing the ball. Agreed. So if he beats us throwing the ball, it is what it is. We're not good enough. Agreed. But I, I disagree with the sentiment that you were you were saying. I think that that team is certainly far better than us, and I'm not really stoked to play them this year. I agree yeah. with that. Well, my, my whole point of this is where, where what do we really think of Dallas? Do we think of Dallas as closer to Philly or closer to us if we're healthy? They're chumps. <laughs> Dallas are chumps. Uh, I, I, I think that they are absolutely – there's no excuse for them not being better than they are, and it's consistent. And I don't know whether to blame the quarterback or the coach or what, but it's just year after year they have so much talent on that team. They're even courting Odell Beckham still um, to, to get even better. They shouldn't need that. I, I don't know if it's Dak I don't or, think they need Beckham. I think that's just – that's a Jerry Jones thing that he has to have the spotlight and has to have the story. Yeah, I mean, and and to be fair, I didn't really watch closely enough the Dallas Minnesota game, I and mean, it was mm-hmm. on. But I was like, I don't, I don't know. It was on. I, I mean, wasn't they, really. They have the third focusing. best record in the conference, and Minnesota was, ahead, was nine and two, and they, you know, I mean, disemboweled they buried them. them. Yeah, they yes. buried them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I to me, Dallas are frauds. Just as much, uh, sorry, not just as much, less so than we are. But they're fraud. They are absolutely exposable. Um, and I think it comes down to making Dak have to throw. I think I think the defensive strategy that we employed would have worked really well if we had our starting roster. And I think if we had a better I, roster, like the I, one that we I, hope I to have, it would have— I think their defense makes up for it. It does. Yeah. I think their defense—but they're, but they're exposable. And I think if, if Philly and Dallas were to face off, it would be more so about how—which defense did more to shut down which offense. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I, 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 I think Philly is going to win there. I think they're just more stacked talent-wise. I think yeah. Dan Quinn is probably a better defensive coach, though. 
You know what team scares me in the NFC West right now? In the NFC West? Uh, Seattle. Gave it away. I was going to say what team in the NFC gets, scares me the most right now. San Francisco is going to scare me. Seattle already scares me. San Francisco, uh, you know, the Giants just have to worry about their record. They've got to win as many games. Oh, I'm not worried. This is not a Giant conversation. This oh, is okay. just FC in general. Just thought was that that team is starting to get it together now, and they got some – those weapons are scary, and that defense is really good. And that division is kind of chumpy. <laughs> they still have – um, I mean, division game. They're four known in the division, so they only have two more division games left. Um, yeah, just a lot of tension is going to be on Philly and obviously Dallas. You know, Buffalo, uh, the Bucks are going to suck up energy, even though they're not good. They're going to get attention, but watch out for the 49ers. Yeah. I, uh, I think you nailed it. This is probably the closest playoff hunt I've ever seen. Oh, I I couldn't tell you right now who's. We're still be, several even, weeks away, right? I mean, right. Like, like, like I couldn't tell you right now even who's in the conference championship games at, at this moment. I mean, well, to me, all four NFC East teams are in the playoff hunt right now. Sure, and all four could win the division still. Uh, is it right now? All four are actually in the playoffs. The season ended today. No. No, I don't think so. I think Minnesota is a, a, ahead of. Uh, they're a division winner leader, though. Oh, you were right. Uh, Seattle, then I think trumps. They're six and five, right? Let's see. seven play. I'm looking at right now on. Why NFL. is Washington already seven and five? They are right now. The season ended today. The Eagles are one. Minnesota the two. San Francisco the three. The Bucks four. Cowboys five. Giants six. Washington seven. Seattle eight. Okay, I think Seattle played one less game though. That so. is the reason. Okay, um, th- but I mean, what's even crazier is Carolina can still win the NFC South. Mm-hmm. It's like all of the the talent <laughs> disparities around the NFC has like vanished, and every division is pretty close. Yeah, even the NFC North. In fact, no, the NFC North is the only one that's really not. It's because Minnesota is just. Minnesota but, is nine and two, and, and uh, Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago are all close. Yeah, Green Bay, uh, Detroit's four and seven. Chicago's three and nine, and the Packers are four and eight. Yeah, that's this is the closest the NFC has ever been in my lifetime. I think at this point, again, you can tell me six different combinations in the NFC Championship game. And I could be like, okay. So that means that the upcoming games that the Giants have are going to be super duper important, not just because they're division games and they're important automatically, but because Washington is right behind them and the playoff seating and conference games are going to come into into play. And quite frankly, the Giants need to just stack as many wins as possible to avoid having to be in a tiebreaker scenario with Seattle in which they would lose. That's um, correct. Or with Dallas in which or they even would with Dallas. lose. I mean, yeah. right now, I mean – we're already writing off everything into the world. Dallas is eight and three. We're seven and four. Dallas mm-hmm. has a tiebreaker on us, but we're still in spitting distance where Dallas still has to play Philly again. I'm sure they have to play Washington one more time. So they're and, not cakewalking to, to the end of the season. And the Giants are hosting Washington next week where they will play. Big one. 
uh, at home against the Washington Commanders, and uh, we will be there for that for a big tailgate. Big, big tailgate, yes. But we'll there be there is bright and early. Yeah. No traveling Sunday morning, so I'll be there really early. Um, so I'm not going to get into all of that because we'll have a whole episode for that <laughs> Friday morning. Yes. So be sure to follow and subscribe. YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, all that good stuff. Twitter, as long as it's still running, at football underscore the grump, <laughs> at the cranky fan, at just giants pod. Um, be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend, drop a comment. But we will see you all Friday morning for our Washington preview episode. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.